0: Thank you, worship team. That was great. You know what? Let's, let's start off with prayer. You guys, uh, will you guys pray with me? Lord God, uh, I just, I ask as you, uh, that you, um, we just, we welcome you here this morning. And, um, and we ask that as we, as we dig into this lesson, that you would, that you'd open our hearts uh, to maybe ideas that, that we struggle with and um, but that you would that you would let your word resonate with us, that it would, that it would get through um, not the, the words that I have, but the words that, that you have for us, that that would get through to us um, and, and really connect, Lord, so that we can take these principles that you give us that we know we know they're, that they're important, and we would take those and be able to apply those uh, in our life. Lord uh just just move in the hearts in this room and uh, and help us to to grow closer with you. We say this in Jesus name. Amen. So, um you know I I uh I was gone last week and um I'm I'm happy to be back this week because many of you know that um that I am blessed to work with a ministry that does human trafficking rescues and um that's where I was at this this last week. <clears throat> and um while I was gone, uh, I, I just have to say that my heart was, was broken into a million pieces this last week as I saw uh, firsthand the things, the evil that is out there um, intentionally, purposefully, continuously stalking our kids, the, the overt use and abuse that is happening to the most innocent, Lives among us, and um, it was hard to see. Um, I've been doing this this kind of work for years now, but this was the first time that I've I've gone and done that as the shepherd of this flock here. And I saw the faces of your kids. I saw the faces of your kids and of my kids when I was out there in one of the worst places I have ever seen in my life. And I was anxious to be able to get back and to be able to work on this message because guys, I feel like this is, this is, um, it's crucial that we, that we really learn uh, this, this concept. You know, last week, if you were here last week, you you were here for the first week of this survival guide for parenting sermon series that Tim started <clears throat> and uh, and so today we're going to jump into the next part, which is disciplining with love and and like I said, when I coming back from from seeing these things and and knowing how important it is for our children to be able to grow up with an understanding of safe safe boundaries, um, and, and loving discipline is, is critical. Now, um, this might, you know, the Bible says that, that if you love your kids, you will lovingly discipline them. And, um, this might seem confusing to some. In fact, it might seem that it's, that it's downright incorrect or, or just blatantly wrong. Um, because society has drifted more and more into this mindset of that, that that physical discipline and even tough non-physical discipline is just ob- objectively wrong. But we're not just talking about physical discipline, and we're not talking about uh, disciplining in anger. Really, we are. We're talking about developing and setting healthy boundaries for our kids. So if you um, if you can think about like you know your your yard, if you don't have a, a fenced-in yard. Um, and you have small kids, then you know you might keep your kids a little bit closer to you on the porch, right, than letting them go to the extent of the, the boundaries of the property um, because you know that there could be strangers. There's, there's, there's cars flying by uh, 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. There's stray dogs. There's snakes. There's, there's gutters. There's all kinds of things that are out there uh, off of the, the safe part of your property. But a yard that has a good fence allows a child more freedom within it, because the boundaries are clear, and the boundaries are consistent and they're firm, right? so we don't we don't put a fence in because we hate the idea of letting kids explore the world. That's not the reason that we do it. We put that fence in because we love our kids and we know that it's our responsibility to provide them uh, and to teach them those those boundaries. We know that outside of that outside of those boundaries, lies a danger or many dangers that they are unprepared and unequipped to handle. And, and we're not just talking about snakes and dogs and traffic, but in life in general, there exists danger for our children that as they grow up, they simply are not prepared for and they simply are not equipped to handle it. And, uh, and so we have a responsibility as parents to be able to offer that healthy discipline for them so that they can figure out what these boundaries are. But I understand how parents can develop a, a hesitancy to discipline because disciplining, disciplining our kids is is not fun, right? It's not something that, that we look forward to. So I think that it's really critical that we study God's word and find out what discipline is, what it's not, and why it's important. So that brings us to our our first point today which is that there's this ancient parenting paradox that those who love their children care enough to discipline them see it's a paradox because if we do this incorrectly if we if we apply this in uh, improperly it could be understood to mean that we take some sort of sick masochistic joy in in causing other people harm or or you know, indisciplining other people or that setting boundaries is some sort of legalistic oppression that would force our children to act out further. And there are, there are many people in popular culture um, who, who try to make that case all the time regarding discipline, that, that discipline is some sort of uneducated lack of enlightenment or that it's abuse. Driven solely by anger and hatred, but that guys—that is not what the Bible says about discipline. The actual words in Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, "Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children." Period. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Now, in in uh, you know First Corinthians thirteen, it it gives us a really good uh, explanation of what love is. So that's something I think we should all read through often and familiarize ourselves with. But, but God explains that, that people who love their children care enough to discipline them. And so this is why I think it's so important to go directly to God's word for clarity and avoid maybe the, the cultural norm of developing our theology from Facebook memes right? Because that seems to be something a lot of people do. Uh, we want to go beyond superficial beliefs, really dig in, find out what, what God says, and, and, do, and figure out what our beliefs are. But this passage isn't just speaking about physical discipline, though that is certainly included here. But it's, it clearly speaks to the responsibility of parents to provide loving discipline, Right? And it flips the script here when it says that we, that we hate our kids if we deny them discipline. And that is blunt, this idea that you hate your kids if you don't discipline them. That is blunt. That is, that is really bold. And it, and it can throw us off balance, right? Because I'm sure that you're like me. I love my children. I love them, and I don't like to discipline them. But if I'm being completely honest, sometimes the reason why I don't want to discipline them is because I get too concerned with with what they think of me, what their opinion is of of me, rather than the responsibility that I have to raise them to respect authority, the authority of their mother, their authority of of me as their father, and more importantly, of God and, and of God's will. So now maybe... Maybe you're having a, a, a bit of a, of, a, of a pause here as we talk about, about discipline being a good thing because maybe you're thinking back to your opinion of the discipline that you received as a child. Um, maybe it didn't feel like it came from a place of love because maybe it didn't. In fact, maybe you feel like it only came from a place of anger and hatred. Maybe your parents did not understand this concept. And if that's the case, guys, I'm sorry. I really am sorry if that's the, if that's the case. But that does not negate our responsibility to, lay, to, 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 to learn the truth that God laid out for us. The goal of discipline is not to make the child feel like a bad person. It certainly isn't to, to throw shame on them but to correct them. Our goal is to train them into better behavior through better choices because their hearts have a desire to live in a God-pleasing way. That's, That's our goal ultimately. So that brings me to the second point, which is contrary to popular opinion, there is such a thing as right and wrong, and it's the parent's job to teach this in the home. So there was this, uh, this video, maybe you guys saw it. I just saw this recently um, in the last couple weeks. And uh, there's this video of a school teacher here in Utah who um, was, was recorded as she told her students um, that they were smarter. This, I think this was fifth grade students or seventh grade students, told her students that they were smarter than their parents and that they had no responsibility to, to uh, listen to their parents. Guys, I am telling you, the world is after the hearts and the souls of your children. Every single day, from all sides, they are, our kids are facing an unrelenting attack. You know, last week, Tim talked about this, and he said, uh, I don't even remember all the examples that he, he, he said, you know, from social media, from, from their friends, from, from the things they see on TV. Um, I mean, this is the same thing that's been, this has been in existence this has been a problem for, for all time. Kids have always been under attack. But I think we can all see that it seems to be ramping up more and more. And our kids at a younger and younger age are facing this pressure all the time. It is completely unrelenting. And guys, as parents, well, all of us need to understand that God, has, God never walked away from his responsibility to teach us, right? He, he laid it out. He, he, he told us what's required of us. He told us how we are supposed to be. And so I implore you not to abdicate your responsibility to teach your kids either. At every turn, the world is telling your kids that they need to find their truth. And it teaches a sense of moral relativism, which is this idea that there are no absolute rules to determine whether something is right or wrong, that, that somehow your thoughts and your feelings get to determine what is right and wrong. But that is simply not in line with the Word of God. Satan has been using that same lie since he delivered it to Eve thousands of years ago in the garden. It is just not in, in line with the Word of God. So, so like I said, last week Tim talked about uh, the Ten Commandments. Right, and um, you know what what Moses uh, is is doing here um, is explaining that God decides what is right and wrong, not us. Now, as as Tim was going through this, he was explaining uh, you know kind of that these first four really deal with kind of our relationship to God. Right, and the way that we relate to God, and these last five re- relate to the way that we are uh, our relationships and the way we interact with other people, and that this fifth one is like this transition kind of a kind of a thing for our children. But one thing I want to I want to make clear is that this this commandment for children is not only meant for children of a specific age. That's not that's not what's going on here. Um, the commandment is written to you, right? It is written to me. It's written to all of us here. God is our father and we are his children. And so this is a commandment for everyone in relationship, not just to our our earthly parents, but more importantly, uh, to our father in heaven. See, he's telling us that rules have been set forth and these rules are are not open for discussion or interpretation based on our selfish and sinful human nature. Fact is we are to obey our father. He makes that abundantly abundantly clear here. But let's let's continue on with our responsibility as as parents here. So it stands to reason that if God wants our children to obey our teaching then, then most likely he probably tells us, uh, get, he had in mind what we are, are to teach our kids as well. Well, in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. So he says right here that there's a right path, which means that there's also what? A wrong path. That's right. So if we direct our children onto the right path, it says that when they're older, they will not leave it. Now, this is not, this doesn't mean every single time without instance. Uh, Tim explained it well last, night, or last week when he, was, when he was talking about the kind of writing that Proverbs is and that it directs us to right living. He said, best practices, right? And that's a really great way to understand that. And this, this concept here, this was super apparent to me in my own life. I was raised as a, as a believer, but, um, when I got to adulthood, um, my twenties and my thirties, you know, I, I decided to find my own path. I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily going to just stick to what mom and dad, uh, taught me. I, I, so I went my own path and I made some mistakes and I sinned a lot. Um, but God's truth never, ever left me. And when I was, um, when I got to a point where I was ready to change my life, it was right there. It was it was as true as ever, and it called me home. And uh, and so that brings us to the third point here, which is that loving discipline turns your child's heart towards God. First, they learn to honor you, and later they'll learn to honor God. So, you know, we can't honestly expect our kids to come out of the womb with an understanding of God right? In those, in those uh, first formative years of their life, they, they physically see us, right? They watch us and they learn from us. They quickly recognize their parents as authority in their life, as, uh, as a protector in their life, and as a super valuable resource for understanding what, what is a very complex world for them. So first they learn to honor us, and, they, and then they, they learn to respect our authority. And then they watch as they watch us honor God and they watch us respect his authority, then they learn to honor God and they, re, and they learn to respect his authority. So that's what we call this uh, fundamental law of parenting that healthy parents transfer ownership of their kids' lives from parent to child through the ongoing process of maturity. And and you know this is a this is a process that takes place um, the the whole time right it takes place all the way throughout their childhood until we until we turn them over uh, as adults and, and they uh, they captain their own ship so to speak um, but if we charted it out it might kind of it might kind of look something like this. So, throughout their lives, our children begin to take on more and more responsibility, and we give it over to them in appropriate levels from from birth to to adulthood as they as they go from from very young to older, our stake in the game uh, our influence gets gets less and less. We turn over that responsibility to them as as they earn it and this is uh, this is why it's so important for them to understand those boundaries and to have that discipline in order to make those those good healthy decisions. So discipline throughout this process is critical as they begin to really, as our children really begin to understand this idea of of sowing and and reaping. They begin to take ownerships for the mistakes made and the consequences of them. But then they're also able to find reward and celebration in the things that they do right. So in line with that, this next week, uh, the third part of the sermon series, uh, we get to learn about affirming our our children. So that'll be great to to come back next week and learn about building them up. But this week we're focusing on on the discipline part. But let's remember, in, in Hebrews 12, it says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, right It's painful for, for the child and for the parent. but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Discipline is, is not it's not enjoyable, which is why we need to make sure that we are as effective at it as possible so that the lessons stick. So one uh, a method of doing this. They call it the three C's of loving discipline. So the first the first C here is that it needs to be clear, right? Establish clear rules and expectations and the consequences for each. So this, guys, is is incumbent upon us to make sure that our kids understand the rules. They don't they don 't have the same understanding of things uh, that we do, and it would be unfair for us to expect them to know what we know um, re- recently uh, we were we were at, at dinner, and my, my, my wife she she ordered a beer and um, my kids well my, my daughter in, per- in particular started to cry she didn 't understand um, from her from her young perspective the idea of you know uh, she saw the alcohol and she she thought of uh, issues of alcoholism in family and friends and that sort of thing, and it made her sad. She didn't know that the one third of the beer that my wife drank was not the, the same as what her fears were. She doesn't understand the world the same way that we do right that's that's just our our kids don't have that same understanding, so we need to make we need to make life clearer for them, the rules need to be clearly stated in a way that they understand. And similarly, the consequences also need to be clear. If you do this, then, then this will be the discipline. This will be the consequence of that. And this forces our kids to make a, a choice about risk versus reward. It, it forces them to weigh the cost of the decision or the, the action that they're, they're thinking about taking. <clears throat> we get them to buy into, uh, into the responsibility here. And the second C, is being consistent, following through every time that the rule is broken. Now this is, this is really, I think this is probably one of the more difficult parts of this, but, but parenting is difficult, right? Um, this goes hands, hand in hand with clarity. See our kids deserve to know what discipline, they need to know that discipline will happen every single time, because otherwise if we're not consistent in that, we're simply asking them to test the boundaries. So this means that if your child needs to be corrected, you need the discipline of making that a priority. So if you're at a friend's house, or if you're here in church, or if you're at uh, you know the PTA meeting or something like that, it doesn't matter. Your responsibility is to deliver appropriate, loving discipline. Your child's well-being and really more importantly, their need to recognize authority in their life is more important than allowing them to save face with their friends. And it's more important than you being able to save face with your friends as well. The third C of loving discipline is that it needs to be corrective. Consequences should deter them from making the same mistake again and again, right? The third C, um, well, you know, the thing about this, guys, is it, what it comes down to is it, it needs to hurt. And again, I'm not, talking, I'm not just talking about physical discipline here. Loving discipline needs to be of such a nature as to deter them from doing it in the future. That is our goal here, right? To prompt them to make better choices in the future. And non-painful discipline only guarantees that you will have to continue to do it more often. But it's important that we, that we apply all three of these together. So this is a good time, moms and dads, to, uh, to really kind of take stock of, of your situation with your kids, have an honest discussion with each other, and, uh, and really find out if you're both on the same page. Because maybe, maybe, maybe you're not being consistent all the time. Or maybe your, maybe your spouse could be more clear in explaining the rules to the kids. Um, maybe, for that matter, maybe you're a single parent. And maybe this whole idea of discipline is very, very difficult for you because you don't want to come across to your kids as, as the bad guy. Because it is painful sometimes to, to be the disciplinarian. But if that's the case, I think again, this is a really good time to dig into this concept and to understand why God's way is better than our way. So as I close today, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit more direct, I think, than usual. Um you know, if you've joined us for Sunday services in the past, you know that. That I'm always going to get up here, and I'm going to invite you to join into a small group. I'm going to invite you to uh, participate in a mentoring relationship, because that's where the growth really happens, right? If we, if our goal really is to is to become a new creature, if our goal really is to improve the way that we that we glorify God through our through our actions and in the way that we that we treat other people, then then we want to. Um, we really wanna have those, those life lessons that we go through. We want those con- to connect. And the growth really occurs in small groups and with mentoring. But every other time that I've talked to you about this, it's really been a decision that you've made about your own situation, right? Whether or not you feel that it's necessary to jump into being part of a, a small group. But this week, I want you to consider this a little bit differently, and I want you to get your attention, so please listen up. This topic isn't just about your own situation. This one is about your responsibility that you have to implement these things in the lives of your kids. The bottom line is, guys, Satan is after the heart and soul of your kids. All the time, every single day, and maybe you've taken a position of, of of I don't want to push my beliefs on off on my kids, or I think it's uh, it's important for them to to figure this out on them for themselves. Well, let me tell you, Jesus agrees that it is absolutely important for your kids to figure this out for themselves. It absolutely is, but that does not negate. The responsibility that we have as parents to help them develop the tools and, uh, that they that they need to be able to to fight this idea that I don't want to push my beliefs on my kids. I wonder. I wonder if uh, if we would ever take that same attitude about about things like fire safety, right? Uh, I, I don't. I'm not going to help my. I'm not going to help you put that fire out because I want this to be a personal decision course we would never do that. The house is on fire. We need to put it out now. Their safety is in jeopardy. So we're going to give them the tools and the, and the knowledge needed to be able to combat that, that danger. Well, it's the same thing with the, 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 the fight, the battle for the souls of our kids here. If it was a toxic relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend, you, I doubt that you would stay out of that and say that, you know, she needs to learn for herself what love is. Or, or that, you know, oh, my son, uh, one day he'll learn that that's not the way to treat people that he loves. We have a responsibility as parents to make sure that we give them the tools and the knowledge so that they can so that they can fight back. Guys, like we, we learned in Proverbs 22, you have a responsibility to direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. So we need, to, we need to explain that path. And the right path is knowing that Jesus Christ, who is fully God and fully man, came to be crucified on that cross for their sins. They need to know that there is no other way to eternal life than believing that. Satan is after them every single day to to get them off of that path, even just a little bit. So we need to be continuous all the time. We need to be defensive of that. We need to be helping our kids to prepare them to be able to have, have information that is contrary to what to, wait, to what Satan is is putting in their lives, will you guys pray with me, Lord? Um, as we uh, as we we learn about raising our kids, Lord, we we really know that that Satan is after them. We do know that. We know that that our kids are being bombarded all the time with with things that would take them off off track, things that would convince them that that. You're wrong, or that your ways are wrong, and Lord, I just ask that you, you convict the hearts in this room. For those of us that are that are parents, and and really for all of us, that we would see that we have this responsibility to be able to raise up our kids, to raise up this next generation with, with solid information. Lord, we just I just ask that you that you. You help when we do this, when we do this with our kids, when we have these conversations with our kids, that you would help us to connect with them. Help them to have open minds and and open hearts as as they hear these words. And Lord, prompt conversations in families, around the dinner table, on the way to school, while we're doing homework in the evening, whatever it is, Lord, help us to have conversations with our kids. Let them see us honor you and and obey you so they learn also the need to honor you and obey you lord we love you and we're we're so happy to be able to to learn about you and to worship you glorify you lord we love you we say this in jesus name amen